Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In Chapter 28, Maria moved into the palace. In this episode, Chapter 29, Seb makes some major changes to the Dragon Tamer's Council. Alright, let's dive in. Palace was astir the following morning. Sebastian had a number of ministers to meet with, from finance to foreign affairs. He dismissed three of them from their positions by 10 o'clock. Several more ministers stood outside of his study, waiting for their turn in the dragon's lair. Vivin stood next to the door as security. The men that brushed past him from Seb's study either looked enraged or pleased. There was no in-between. Sebastian stuck his head outside of the door as another disgruntled minister left the room. He didn't have time to call on the next person, because a middle-aged man with small facial features strode up to him, and Vivin placed his hand on the hilt of his longsword. It was a man from the group of ministers. What in the name of Cayenne do you think you're doing, releasing veterans of public service in this manner? He spoke loudly and briskly. Seb stared down at him, since he was head and shoulders taller. He didn't speak, which aggravated the man further. Some of these men have been serving Rhydon for longer than you've been alive. How can you justify such behavior? Seb put his hands into his pockets and retained a neutral expression. I think they're incompetent. What did you say? The man asked in outrage. Vivin fully expected he would have to use force on the small man. I've read various reports and documents, and I'm not impressed. Furthermore, I've seen some of their work firsthand as a common citizen of Rhydon. And I wasn't impressed there either. I'm trying to improve right on. And in some cases, keeping the same people in office year after year isn't effective. His calm, collected response was met with anger. Which minister are you? The man stared at him. The minister of finance! Seb smirked, and Vivin tightened his grip around the hilt of his sword. Oh, well, I was going to tell you in private, but you're dismissed too. The man could hardly contain his bafflement. Why? I've been managing finances for Prince Leo for years. Managing. Seb cut in, taking his hands out of his pockets. His tone changed quickly, and the smaller man stepped back instinctively. Is that what you call it? Leo relied on all of you far too much. From what I've seen of the fiscal reports, you prefer to squander away money on improvements for the palace and Imperior, and scarcely send money south of the fluve. And it's not a year or two of this, but fifteen. Seb's fists were clenched, and the minister looked quite meek. Give me one redeeming action in the last fiscal year. If you can't, you're dismissed. The small man's face twisted, and he reluctantly relented, leaving Seb with a small group of nervous older men. Minister of Defense, if you could join me, please. Vivin escorted Seb to the dining hall for lunch. The meetings were over, and now the entire palace was whispering of the unusual dismissal of multiple ministers. Well, Seb cut the silence between he and his mentor. Well, what? Seb smiled softly without looking over at Vivin. You seem like you have something to say. Vivin remained silent, so Seb prompted. Do you think I should have handled it differently? It doesn't matter what I think, Seb. 
Ivan replied quietly. You're a smart lad, and you're going to be the king. It's not for me to judge your actions. Sebastian rolled his eyes at this and gave Vivin a genuine smile. But I know you are, or at least everyone else is, so say what's on your mind. Vivin kept with Seb's naturally quick step and long stride. The young man kept one hand in his pocket and his shoulders back. Though he was at ease, he had a commanding presence. He didn't seem to notice the fleeting glances from servants and stewards as they strode past. It can be dangerous, Vivin started hesitantly, to do mass dismissals like that. Instead of one or two disgruntled people, you have a group. And groups rallying against you, especially before you're crowned. Seb nodded as they entered the dining hall, but he didn't say anything more. That evening in the library, Arthur was vocal about his opinions on the subject. He was heedless of their elvish company, or of Seb's family being present. The future regent sat in a wing-back chair with one knee crossed over the other and his hands in his lap. It bothered Art that he seemed relatively indifferent to what he was saying. What are you trying to accomplish by letting so many people go? Now you have to fill all those positions, and I wouldn't be surprised if no one wanted to after your stunt today. Art stood near the fire, keeping his clenched fists in his pockets. Seb was perfectly calm. If people are too scared to work under me, then it's their loss. I'll do the work myself. Art ran hands through his long, silver hair in aggravation. You released five ministers. Do you really think you can handle all of that work on your own, never mind all of the things that are expected to be done by an average king? The room was tense. Maria and Fano worked on embroidery, and the elves read. Everyone wished they could leave, but it would be rude. Every so often, the princess would send worried glances to her father, who was listening to the conversation while he read. Seb shrugged, and Arthur growled at him for being so disinterested. I'll do whatever I have to do, Arthur, Seb answered firmly. Up until this morning, those five ministers were being paid ridiculous salaries for jobs they weren't taking seriously. They took advantage of the fact that the prince was distracted by the retrieval of the crown, and from what I can gather, that the prince was fairly sheltered. I was more than fair with the ministers I kept on, by the way. It was strange for the human tamers in the room. Sebastian spoke with decided authority and knowledge on these subjects. Vivin and Alice knew that he was a natural tamer, so perhaps he was a natural leader as well. Sebastian stood stiffly and said quietly, If you didn't like what I did today, you won't like what I'm going to be doing with the council in a couple of days. He walked out of the silent library and art sighed. Vivin was about to follow him when his friend commented, If he keeps this up, he's going to make your job very difficult, Viv. It was a friendly warning, and Vivin took it to heart as he left the library. Seb had been asking the Elvish King to join him for a morning hunt ever since he first arrived, and the next day, Lord Oril agreed. Seb enjoyed having the company of experienced hunters. Kyle and Grimmin both accompanied him, 
though they stayed a fair distance behind. Sebastian noticed how near silent the step of the elf was immediately. He kept his bow slung across his back, whereas Seb kept his knocked in his hand. He fully expected the elvish king to make a comment about the dismissals of the ministers, but there was no conversation between them. Seb nabbed a hare and a grouse, both of which he kept in his game bag. Lord Orel handed off his prizes to his guards, three grouse. As they left the forest to return to breakfast, Seb invited him to the tamer ball match that afternoon, for entertainment. The pitch was dry and hard. Every body check into the ground was felt keenly. Nocte flaunted his size before the elves. The handsome dragon performed splendidly, though to his tamer's mild disapproval, he got into a scrap with another dragon. The creatures circled each other and snapped their jaws, swishing their tails and growling. Both Seb and the other dragon's tamer put themselves between the powerful creatures. When Nocte swiped his paw over the humans' heads to reach the other dragon, the other tamer ran back instinctively. Seb didn't flinch. He smacked Nocte's chest and rose his voice, shooing him away. When the other dragon took the chance to advance, Seb glared at it and stood with his hands on his hips. To Fauna, who was watching, it would have been easy for the dragon to simply knock her fiancé over or clamp its jaws over Seb's head. But the dragon shied back, deciding it was best to return to his tamer, after all. Ryan gave a whistle and Seb mounted his misbehaving dragon, and the play resumed. The stands were nearly filled, and once the citizens of Imperior saw the elvish royalty sitting in the stands, surrounded by guards, even more people came to watch the game. Fauna leaned over to Vivin, who was seated next to her and Alice. Kaylee stood guard at the edge of the pitch in case trouble occurred. Is it just me, or is that one player targeting Seb? She asked after the second full tackle by the same player. Vivin shrugged. Could be. Not even five minutes passed before Seb received a full-out tackle to his back. He was near the ball, but not near enough to warrant a tackle. He hit the ground hard and took an extra moment to stand. Fauna noticed Vivin and Alice both stiffen. Her worry increased. Seb stood and shook it off. Nocte bound over and growled at the opposing player. Seb gave his dragon a pat and brushed the grime from his white shirt. If I were Seb, Alice leaned across Vivin's lap to Fauna. I would have punched him out by now. That guy is just trying to show off. Fauna frowned slightly. Seb isn't the type of person who's violent unless he has to be. Vivin and Alice considered this. Seb had always been a gentle soul in their off time, but the instant bandits and enemy dragons appeared, he was ready to use force. The crowd cheered as Seb kicked the ball down the field, and his teammates caught it, in line for a goal. Fauna saw the player who was targeting Seb linger by him. The ball was sent back down the pitch, and Sebastian and Ryan ran to get it. Seb caught it and threw it to his friend, and, when it was unnecessary, he was tackled again from behind. Seb only went to his knees that time, as if he'd been bracing himself for the assault. He rose to his feet with an unimpressed expression, and Fauna tensed. Vivin didn't have time to ask what was wrong. Sebastian turned around and strode over to the player who had repeatedly tackled him and tapped on his shoulder. 
the man made the mistake of turning to the annoyed Great Tamer. Zeb grabbed him by the neck of his shirt and punched his face so hard the player stumbled back and hit the ground. Fauna sighed, and Seb was instantly dogpiled by several opposing players. Alice jumped to her feet and cheered along with the majority of the crowd. It was a surprisingly vicious scrap, but the ref kept her distance, allowing them their allotted 30 seconds before the penalties would kick in. Both Seb and his foe were pulled to their feet, and though Seb was ready to back off, the other man wasn't. He launched himself into the fight again, and Ryan and the other team's captain had to pull them off of each other. Sebastian's back was to the crowd when the ref flagged him for some reason and pointed to the bench. Seb attempted to debate whatever the call was, but the ref shook her head and pointed to the bench again. Fauna flinched when Sebastian turned around, and quiet murmurs broke from the crowd. His face was covered in blood and dripping down the front of his shirt. Nocte stamped, and Seb waved off the defensive dragon. Nocte shot the enemy player a dirty look, who was also sent to his bench. He had a swollen eye and a split lip. Ryan escorted Sebastian back to their bench. They were talking easily with each other. It didn't appear that Seb was in much pain. Ryan checked over his shoulder for the opposing player, just in case he decided to start a fight again. Ryan left Seb on the sidelines and jogged back out onto the pitch. Seb was tossed a towel from one of his substitute teammates, and a medical attendant hurried over. She said something to him, and Seb shrugged. He dumped a flask of water over the blood on his face, and it ran down onto his shirt, making it cling to his skin. One of his bench teammates whistled, and the crowd laughed. The cut above the bridge of his nose didn't appear too dire. The medical attendant pressed gauze onto it. He can't return to the game unless it stops bleeding, Vivian informed Fauna. Once the gauze was removed, Seb pulled off his soiled shirt, and a teammate handed him a fresh one. Fauna felt a twinge of jealousy as the woman around her giggled and made impetuous comments. Seb returned to the game quickly, but not before looking for Fauna in the crowd and waving. Fauna gave him a wave back, and Seb jogged out, hopping onto Nocte for the final ten minutes of the game. Did you know he was going to do that? Vivian asked suddenly. What, wave? Fauna asked in surprise. Vivian grinned, and Fauna blushed. No, you tensed up before he punched him. I had a feeling he would, Fauna mumbled. How? It was Fauna's turn to smile. I've known Seb for as long as I can remember, so I'm decent at predicting him. It was plain that he was fed up with being tackled, and he isn't afraid to use his fists. Oh, we knew that. Vivian laughed with Alice. Gentle soul that he was. Fauna hurried to meet Seb at the end of the match. His team won by a single point, and the opposite team looked bitter about it. Fauna leapt into Seb's arms and they embraced. Are you okay? Fauna asked, and Seb still held her in the air. I'm great, but could you believe that guy? Seb replied in disbelief. He was covered in grime and dried blood, and Fauna attempted to fix his messy hair. The couple spoke quickly for a moment before Seb was called off by his teammates. He set her down on the ground, but Fauna didn't let go of his hand. Seb laughed. It's a team meeting. I'll be back. Fauna released him reluctantly, 
and realized with some embarrassment that Vivian and Alice were nearby, keeping an eye on them. She hadn't even noticed them when she was speaking with Seb. The Dragon Tamer's council waited for Seb behind a single door. He stared at it, and Vivian nudged him. Go on. They're your council now. Seb breathed out slowly. I know. But... He cast his gaze to his mentor, who looked at him curiously. I'm going to be making some changes today. Some changes that they won't like. Probably. He hesitated before continuing. Would you mind coming in? For security? Malum used to do it with Leo. Frankly, Vivian was flattered by the independent young man. He nodded and followed Seb into the bright room. He stood by the door, and Seb strode to the opposite end of the room. No one could tell he was nervous by his gait. He assumed his typical confidence. The council eyed the gash over his nose. Most of them had been at the match the day before and witnessed the brawl. The meeting was motioned to start, and Seb let the meeting progress as it normally would. Everyone gave their reports on their current assignments, and the future regent didn't interrupt them. The final portion of the meeting was his entirely, however. Seb stood, motioning to the piles of paper in front of him. These are the minutes I've been reading through from the past five years' worth of meetings. Most of you have been in term for that time. He paused sensing tension in the room. I'm sure you're all well aware of what I did with my ministers who weren't performing properly. I want you to know, it isn't going to be the same case with the council. There was a certain amount of relief around the room. But, Seb continued, I am going to be making changes. First and foremost, I'm calling another election. That was something that the council expected. It was practically a tradition amongst new rulers in Rhydon. And some of you won't be returning to the council. I'm putting age restrictions into effect. Of the 15 members of the council, there has to be three people from each respective decade, up to 60 years old. For example, three people aged 20 to 29, three people aged 30 to 39, etc. I want to hear the opinions of tamers of all ages, and if you look around... Seb motioned to the silver-haired group. That isn't being represented at the moment. In another addition, there now needs to be at least five female tamers on the council. Seb paused for a moment to see if anyone wanted to speak. A generally respected member rose to his feet and cleared his <clears> throat. <throat> Seb took his seat and allowed him the floor. With all due respect, we earn our positions here. Other members nodded. We've been elected repeatedly because we know what we're doing, and tamers trust us to represent them. Seb inclined his head and the tamer sat down. Seb resumed the floor. With all due respect, from what I've read from certain reports and projects, there's a degree of complacency among certain council members. I want to rock the boat. I want tamers of all ages and genders to be well represented. Some of you, yes, are doing a fantastic job, but that isn't the case with everyone. Once the new council has been elected, I'm going to make a few more subtle changes and reassign some projects. 
this council isn't just about tamers. It's about the dragons as well. I want to make that a major focus. Dragons comply with what we ask, and they don't have a voice or a chair here. As Great Tamer, I'm going to make it my mission to be that voice. Seb swept his gaze over the table. Are there any more comments anyone would like to add? The young man's authority was incredible. Some council members weren't enthused about the new rules, but no one defied him. Thanks for listening to Chapter 29 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. This is your second reminder to send in your questions for the Q&A episode between Chapters 30 and 31. If you have any questions about the podcast, the book, or anything in between, please DM me on Instagram or Facebook at a DTF podcast, or email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons.